it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Extreme Rules Go Home show for SmackDown. This is your SmackDown study for September 24th, 2021, and another solid show from the blue brand going into the pay-per-view this Sunday. A gentle reminder for everybody, as this will come out Saturday... Our regularly scheduled Above the Ring episode will actually be coming out on Sunday this week um, due to the Extreme Rules post show, uh, which will be done Sunday night, coming out Monday morning. And then, of course, after that, the Raw review, the last one before the draft. So, guys, we're going to have ourselves four straight days of new podcast material. I appreciate you guys all for listening. Every single week, you guys are incredible. You're always sharing all the the feedback, and obviously we truly appreciate you for doing so. But let's talk about this show tonight. Like I said, solid show going into the pay-per-view. Ended off with with a pretty hot main event, but we'll get to that momentarily. Show kicked off tonight with the man, Becky Lynch, our SmackDown Women's Champion, coming out to the ring with plenty to say about Miss Bianca Belair. However, the EST of WWE had plenty to say as uh, she comes out as well. And it's it's hard to deny the star power of Bianca Belair. Um, I thought that they've done a really good job with this feud uh, between Becky and Bianca. Now, I know a lot of people are still real salty over the SummerSlam uh, match and how it ended in 26 seconds, and people feel like Bianca's been done dirty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to remember that there's a storyline purpose for all of this. Sure, you bring back Becky Lynch, you know, after she... She left because of her pregnancy and, you know, she was the hottest thing going in wrestling at the time. And, you know, she chose another path for a while. It happens, guys. So what do you do? You bring her back in a shocking way, which they did. And then a huge shock to go with it. She challenges the champ 
and then beats said champ in a surprisingly quick amount. You know, that's a story. That's the whole point. You shocked Bianca Belair, who has been, you know, pretty much doing (laughs) everything possible to run through the SmackDown women's division. So naturally, you have someone with the star power of Becky Lynch come back and shock the world and have her beat Bianca. All this will do is make Bianca Belair better at the end of the day. Now, whether she wins or not, come Extreme Rules, that's a different story. But at the end of the day, this is going to make Bianca and probably Becky as well even better off. People just need to understand that there's there's a there's a method to the madness here. Now, I understand a lot of people are upset with WWE for a multitude of reasons. I've had my gripes with them as well. And I know the hip thing right now is to be anti WWE and all, you know, pro AEW. It whatever. <laughs> you guys do what you want. I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to try to enjoy all the wrestling I can watch. And believe me, I watch an unhealthy amount of wrestling. <laughs> But I'm excited for this match because I know they're going to put on a banger. It's going to be much longer than 26 seconds. This will probably be a good 20-minute, 30-minute match. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this kicked off the action come Extreme Rules, but we'll see. But to end this great opening segment, of course, naturally, there's, there's a, a scruffle between the ladies. And Becky looks to be getting the upper hand at some point, but Bianca able to turn her around, drops her with the KOD, and then delivers a nice kick to the face by accident, of course. Quote, you know, with quotations. <laughs> um, but it looks good. However, as we've talked about in the past, whoever gets that last strike normally doesn't do well come the pay-per-view. And with Bianca... Getting that last shot in doesn't look so hot. But I will do my picks at the end of this show because I have to do picks because it's a pay-per-view, and that's just how this rolls. (laughs) So after that, we get into our first in-ring action of the night, and we're not starting off with just any match. This is for your Intercontinental Championship as Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick takes on Apollo with Commander Aziz. And, of course, naturally, we get our weekly Pat McAfee dancing on the (laughs) commentary table as Boogs and Nakamura make their way down to the ring. The match itself was good as always. Apollo and and Shisuke Nakamura, two uh, world-class athletes. And... You really can't expect nothing nothing less between between the toes two. Commander Aziz did try to get involved at the end, um, which caused Boogs to then attack Commander Aziz and deliver a belly-to-back suplex that was mighty impressive. Uh, the fact that how Boogs is small and uh, Commander Aziz is not, and Boogs just belly-to-backed him, like it was like he was throwing a sack of potatoes. It was insane. <laughs> um, but Nakamura retains 
and we move on. So hopefully this will be the end of this because uh, I was reading on this. I guess Nakamura is 8-0 versus Apollo on televised, televised matches. I think it's time to move on from this. This might be, you know, last <clears throat> last match before the draft. Who knows? I'm very excited about the draft coming up, by the way. It's uh, it's always one of my favorite times, um, especially when they do it correctly. Um, so we'll get into that, you know, next week. Next Friday will be night one of the draft, and we'll uh, we'll cover everything that was done. It'll be a good time. I'm excited for it. But that's next week. This is this week. So Montez Ford in the back was being interviewed, and um, he had a, a few things to say about the bloodline and uh, specifically the Usos. Um, now, Montez was by himself tonight because Angelo Dawkins was at a, at a wedding. So, but he will be back for Sunday uh, when they challenge the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. But tonight he was uh, he was feeling a little spicy uh, with some of the stuff that he was saying, and um, of course this the tribal chief himself Roman Reigns caught wind of this and asked uh, the wise man Paul Heyman to explain to him what was said, and when Heyman finished, Roman's face completely changed and says, "I need a match with him tonight." So naturally. After a little gentle reminder, Paul Heyman was able to get up and walk out the door where he found both Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce, and uh, made the request of this main event for the evening. And uh, both of the WWE officials uh, obliged and said that yeah, they could do that. So your main event for tonight, folks, Montez Ford versus Roman Reigns. Now, we all know Montez Ford is a freak athlete, and I mean that in the best way possible. Now, he's going to have a chance to go one-on-one with the Universal Champion. I feel like breakout moment potential, but we'll see when we get to that. Up next, we had more women's action, as it was Liv Morgan taking on Zelina Vega, uh, only 48 hours before her match with Carmella at Extreme Rules. And, of course, Carmella has to come out before the match starts and promptly lays herself on the commentary table while Michael Cole and (laughs) Pat McAfee are trying to call this match. Carmella keeps continuing to interject and ask both commentary uh, gentlemen to continue to talk about her and not care about the match on Sunday, not care about uh, Liv Morgan. But while in the ring, Liv decides to do the same move to Zelinda Vega as she did to Carmella, uh, which was the backbreaker that then uh, sent uh, her opponent into the middle turnbuckle. Uh, Carmella, clearly upset by this, tries to get into the ring to cause a distraction. Um, Liv attempts to try to drag her in the ring by her hair. She then then gets cut off by Zelina Vega. 
And then Zelina does a flipping powerbomb and gets the win. And I believe if my records here are correct, this is Zelina Vega's first victory since she's come back um, from after she was released. And she's been back for quite a while. So while I'm happy for her, it's obviously a little frustrating for, you know, Liv Morgan going into the pay-per-view, which also, insanely enough, this is will be the second singles match that she's ever had on a pay-per-view, which is almost criminal. Actually, it is criminal. It's just, it's insane how, how little amount of time she's had in the singles, you know, in a singles match on the pay-per-view. So hopefully this is just the beginning of more going forward. After that, we had ourselves a brand new talk show. It's called Happy Talk with your uh, with uh, your favorite former constable, former king of the ring, which still hurts me to this day. Baron Corbin himself, Happy Corbin, as he is now called, comes out to the ring. And, of course, his first guest is himself because why not <laughs> um basically it breaks down into the continuation of his feud with kevin owens uh running down ko for a while showing some video packages of ko getting beat up and this naturally causes kevin owens to his music to hit him to walk down towards the ring where surprisingly enough he was attacked by a, a hooded figure and I was like, ooh, somebody new. Who could this be? It's not necessarily somebody new per se, but it's somebody we haven't seen in a long time, and that is Riddick Moss. Now, Riddick Moss was a staple in NXT for quite a long time. I believe he was brought up um, to Raw. He was part of Raw Underground for quite a while, and then he disappeared again. I believe he was injured. Uh, but he makes his return tonight, attacking Kevin Owens along with Happy Corbin. And it looks like Baron has himself a new friend to help him out. So this will be interesting um, going forward. After that, we had our new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley, head to the ring where it was Nikki versus Natalia with Tamina Snooker. And Tamina tried to get involved. Uh, but unfortunately, it backfired, and Nikki did get the victory over Tamina, which then led to Shotzi and Tegan Knox coming out to the ring with their tank, firing their tank and letting the champs know that they want a shot at these titles. After that, things got a little interesting. Naomi, head to the ring. Now, Naomi wasn't scheduled for a match, but recently she's been having some issues with Sonya Deville. And Sonya being very dismissive of Naomi, almost being on a power trip, stating that, you know, she'll have a match when, when Sonya deems it necessary. And Naomi's had enough. She's, she's attacking, you know, being uh, repressed. And it's been... Low-key, one of the better, one of the better storylines that's been going on. Um, 
of course, naturally, Naomi's in the ring. She does an open challenge uh, for any of the women to come out and, f- and and face her. And Sonia comes out instead and says, no, this is not going to happen. She then brings out security, has security bring Naomi out. Naomi, at some point, uh, gets the whole crowd to chant, make the match, because Naomi then challenges Sonia Deville herself for a match. Now, Sonia obviously claiming that, oh, she's no longer a competitor, but now she is a WWE official and Naomi's boss. Of course, just wanted to rub that in a little bit. But I have a feeling that at some point, Naomi and Sonia are going to meet in the ring and we will all rejoice. It will be a great match and uh, be a lot of fun. But then, folks, your main event of the evening and these gentlemen got 25 minutes to wrestle. It was fantastic. Montez Ford, Roman Reigns. I don't even know how to how to begin with this. It was just it was great. This was this was a breakout moment for Montez Ford. Um he looked absolutely stellar in this match. Uh, I think he had he had one accidental hiccup. He was trying to showboat a little bit, and I think he kind of tripped over his own feet. But, hey, these things happen. It is what it is. Uh, the camera did an actually pretty good job of panning away to Roman so that you didn't really see Montez kind of trip over his own feet. But it is what it is. It doesn't matter. It was a great match. Montez looked like a million dollars. Roman was able, though, to catch that guillotine on him uh, after uh, Montez tried to do his frog splash. Roman had his knees up, and then he rolled over and slapped on that guillotine, and there was nothing Montez could do to get out of it. Uh, Montez tapping out, but like I said, looked absolutely stellar in this match. Um, I feel like once the Street Profits are done, Montez is going to have himself one hell of a singles career. It's it's pretty it's pretty obvious. Um, unfortunately, after the match was over, Paul Heyman said that uh, Montez hasn't paid enough for his sins, and that he needs the Tribal Chief to go extreme. Now, you go extreme in Philly with Paul Heyman calling for it. Well, if any of you recognize, remember. ECW, we all know how extreme we can get in in Philadelphia when it comes to ECW. So the Usos come out, Roman attacking Montez Ford with a chair, throwing him out of the ring, and then doing a rock bottom-esque type move to put Montez Ford through a table. So, of course, we have more foreshadowing as uh, the inevitable Roman Reigns versus The Rock match will be coming. Whether it'll be now, whether it'll be the WrestleMania, whether it'll be next year's WrestleMania, it's happening. It's going to happen, and it's going to be outstanding, and I cannot, cannot wait for this to happen. So they're taking out Montez, and then the lights go out. The red lights come up. The heartbeat pounds, and then the lights slowly come back up, and the demon is standing on the top rope, does a splash off the top, takes out the entire bloodline, and then proceeds to smash faces 
smash backs and everything with a steel chair of his own. So Balor standing tall at the end of this, which of course, if we want to go back to what I was saying earlier, you get that last strike in, you're not going to get the win. So like I said, fantastic, solid SmackDown to go into the extreme rules this Sunday. And let's quickly go down the line of this pay-per-view. There are six matches as of right now. I have a feeling they're always going to add more, uh, especially when it comes to the pre-show. So I would expect seven at most eight. Now, out of all of these, there is only one Extreme Rules match, and that's the match between Roman Reigns and the Demon Finn Balor. The only other match that can possibly go anywhere tie, anywhere close to extreme is the triple threat match for the United States Championship, which is Damian Priest defending against both Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. All the other matches are just single one-on-ones. So I will repeat what I said before, that I think it's time for Extreme Rules, the pay-per-view, to be retired as WWE clearly does not go extreme anymore. There's too many pay-per-views as it is. Just retire this one and just let it go. It's 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 time. It truly is time. We need to get back to maybe having eight pay-per-views a year. Makes them more special. Makes them, you know, it makes the, uh, the creative team have the time to create good storylines and let them build. You know, the time of having 14 pay-per-views a year is, is, is it's it's over, honestly. We need to get back. Less is more, and it will make it feel better. You know, take a take a page out of what AEW actually does at this point. They have uh, a handful of pay-per-views, but every single one of them feels like a huge deal. WWE's pay-per-views, at most for the most part, do not because there's so many of them, and they seem to happen so quickly that you don't get enough time to truly build a good storyline. But, of course, that's just my opinion, and my opinion is one of millions of wrestling fans out there. So take it or leave it. It is just how I feel about this whole situation. But let's get to the card. We'll start from the bottom, go all the way up. Start with Liv Morgan and Carmella. I'm going to say Liv gets the win here um, to get even uh, to get revenge on what just happened on SmackDown and to put herself over Oliver Carmella, who honestly doesn't really need the rub here. Liv's been struggling and, and clawing and, and scratching her way, trying to get up the women's division, and I feel like this is a good step for her to, to, to really start on that journey. After that, we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championships as the Usos take on the Street Profits. Now, Montez Ford did get beat up pretty bad tonight on uh, on SmackDown. So I believe that the Usos then will take advantage of that. And I believe they will retain their titles. Uh, for the United States Championship match, triple threat match between Damian Priest, Sheamus, and Jeff Hardy. This, I believe, for me personally, will be the most difficult match to call. Um but I believe in my heart of hearts that Damian Priest will retain this title. Uh, nothing against Sheamus or Jeff Hardy. I'm glad Jeff Hardy's in this match. A lot of people were really upset with him being in the 24-7 title chase. 
and now he's in the United States Championship match. Could I see him win? Absolutely. I can also see Sheamus winning, but I truly feel that Damian Priest is the correct way to go about this, and I feel like that's how it's going to go. Your SmackDown Women's Championship match between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. I feel like this is just the beginning still of this feud, but I do believe that Bianca Belair will upset, not really upset, but she will uh, will regain her SmackDown Women's Championship, just not Sunday. I feel like Becky's going to win with some more shenanigans, but I feel like by the time this is over and done, Bianca Belair will have pinned every single member of the Four Horsewomen. I just don't feel like Sunday is that night. The Raw Women's Championship will be on the line as Charlotte Flair defends against Miss Alexa Bliss. And I feel like Miss Bliss is going to take the title from Charlotte. And then your main event, the Extreme Rules match, Universal Champion Roman Reigns taking on the undefeated demon Finn Balor. Now it's Extreme Rules. You know shenanigans are going to happen. The Usos will find themselves getting involved. I feel like Roman's going to retain, but I feel like this is going to be a great match, and Finn's going to have his moments to win, but I truly feel like Roman will retain this title as well. So that is the show for tonight, folks. Thank you once again so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. Um... Be on the lookout for, like I said, the next four days. going to be lots of podcast podcast fun from your boys over at Above the Ring. We start off with our SmackDown study. We move over to our Above the Ring episode, the Extreme Rules post show, and then your Raw review next week as we head towards the WWE draft. It's always a special time when the draft rolls around. Uh, It's nice to see who's going to go where and see what potential for new uh, feuds we'll get. But, guys, thank you again so much for listening. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. We recently crossed that 5,000 follower threshold, and we thank you so much, so, so much for helping us get there. And now it is on the road to 10,000. Long way to go, but we have made it to the halfway point, and we are still living on that prayer. You can also find us everywhere else on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Above the Ring. You can find myself everywhere as Scotty J Stream. You can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If we're uh, not on a a podcast platform that you listen to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way you can, uh, you know, get uh, a little bedlam in your day and uh, from Above the Ring. Uh, now, guys, once again, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you enjoy Extreme Rules if you're watching. I hope you guys enjoy Rampage tonight. Also, Grand Slam uh, night number two from Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, we will be discussing that at length on our Above the Ring episode that will be coming out on Sunday. All right. Thank you guys again. Most importantly, do not forget to ship it and enjoy the bedlam. Good night.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.